0: Hello, you are listening to the Nintendo Switch UK podcast. Ah! Hello and welcome to episode 66 of the Nintendo Switch UK podcast. I'm Mike.
1: I'm Al And I'm Anton.
0: Yeah, and we are uh, here to talk about this week's news and also we've got our Indie Corner feature in this episode as well. So Leona will give us a roundup of a game slightly different this week. It's actually one that's not actually out on the Switch yet, but it is coming to Switch. So that's quite exciting. So we've got a bit of a pre-review, a pre that's a preview, isn't it? Yeah, literally a preview. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we're going to be Innovation. we're going to be doing that. Yeah, a pre-review. I've just invented a new word. We should we should make that smaller and call it preview from now on. Um, so uh, yes, thinking. so let's talk about what we've been playing this week. First of all, uh, I'm going to start with Anton. What what have you been playing this week?
1: Ah uh, yes, I'm I'm now after finishing a couple of other games, I have moved on to some more Animal Crossing because it just keeps on getting more content. Why Why are they doing this to me? It's, uh, the curse you were feared about, Mike, is slowly happening to me. Uh, I had a little wee Animal Crossing party with, like, seven people, which is the most I've ever had oh. in Animal Crossing. It really turns into chaos at that point. It's uh, It has four people playing Super Mario vibes where you're just kind of causing madness <laughs> rather than playing the game. But it was fun, nevertheless. And, uh, yeah, just slowly plowing away with that, which has been my main kind of... Uh, mission because i know there's a lot coming to switch right now so i'm a little bit apprehensive to buy new stuff but my I'm god intrigued. there's a lot
2: coming so your seven people uh little party that you had what do you do in an animal crossing party i mean do yeah. you just stand around like to pull up each other's turnips or what do you do <laughs> that'd
1: be a turnip you know, for the books
0: hey. it's, boom boom.
1: <laughs> when i've played it has been like more so just us catching up and visiting each other's island and having a chat and visiting people's stores a lot of trading but there there has been sometimes when we've done like actual games and of it like hide and seek and just little stuff like that which it's just dumb fun where people are just having a, a chat a group chat or something like that but mainly a lot of trading uh, and people are getting wild about the stonk market and uh, they really stonk be- <laughs> market.
0: <doing stonks. laughs> obviously why didn't i think so of that? Okay.
2: So you said you use it for catching up on having chats. How do you chat? Is it actual audio using the, like, the app or is it do you type into yeah. each other? or What are you doing? There is actually text-based chat, which
1: in that case, I feel like the, the most pro Animal Crossing player ever because I've got like my mechanical gaming keyboard plugged into my Switch and I just type on that. But in all honesty, we just use Discord alongside it, which uh, I don't think that game natively supports the Nintendo Voice app, but I may be wrong about it, but yeah a combination of voice chat alongside which is the the main form but uh it's fun because the animal crossing keyboard natively is like one of the worst keyboards on the switch it doesn't use like the built-in switch keyboard it has its own proprietary one and my god it's people just don't know how to type on it so you just get these awful like half not even in english sentences that are just like So sad.
0: Well, it sounds like you've had a productive uh, and relaxing week in the Animal Crossing world, Anton. Al, what about yourself? What have you played this week?
2: Um, I have not really been breaking from my recent mold. I've played a little bit more Mario Kart uh, and I've been playing a lot more Irony Curtain. I can't say I'm pretty much further on than I was, but I've played a lot more. I just went round and round in circles trying to figure out what I was meant to do next. And eventually, like an hour later, I figured out I was supposed to go over there and speak to that person and give them this bit of paper or whatever it was and felt awfully good about myself for outsmarting a probably fairly simple game. Anyway, that's what I've been doing. What
0: about you, Mike? Sounds like my life going round and round in circles trying to figure out what to do next. Um, what have I been doing this week? I have... Do you know, a funny thing is, I've played a lot less Switch this week than I usually do and um, it's not for any other reason than, first of all, I've been busy and I had uh, an event which uh, I did on Thursday which um, I, I had... Kind of took up a bit of time as well as some other deadline stuff, and then uh, obviously a virtual event. It wasn't in real life; we're still in lockdown in Scotland. Um, but also, I have been playing a bit more FIFA twenty on the PlayStation four simply because I'm in this FIFA league, and I've I'm determined to get better. And sure enough, um, I, I have actually got a lot better from actually sort of sitting down, watching a few tutorials, really trying to kind of keep myself calm when getting beaten and uh, not worry about the score and just you know improve. And I have actually improved quite a bit. So that's been kind of fun and I'm actually quite enjoying it. Um, so please bring a decent FIFA game to the Switch is basically what I'm saying because that's the only reason I've got a PS4 in the house at all at the moment and it's not even mine Um, but yeah a Deadly Premonition, uh, a bit more of that and also I was looking at some of the amount of games that are coming uh, you know, very soon, we've got a huge release day coming in a few days time where we've got all the 2K game stuff, um, I saw them dropping hints of bit more 2K games <clears throat> Mafia 2 uh, coming soon so uh, <laughs> we shall see Um, but yeah it's been a it's slightly quieter week but there's so much on the horizon that we're going to get into talking about some of that today as well um just a reminder as well nsukp.co.uk that is the website uh we've also got a whole bunch of content on there Anton. i think you just did a bit of a refurb on there did you not
1: yes only piece by piece i'm kind of adding and trying to do a bunch of different things so now as as you we've mentioned a couple times we've got the video snippets on youtube and now if you're watching the website on top of, kind of being able to comment, download episodes, we've now got a bit where it has the snippets in line on the same page and it's all linked together. A uh, new um, episode page is generally coming in general, which is a work in progress and just uh, a couple of other random features kind of in the pipeline. So uh, ideally, kind of logically in my head, it's like you know, fundamentally the patrons are paying for this website, so. Uh, I think this should be like the best place to listen to the podcast uh, and experience the podcast in general. So uh, slowly but surely, adding.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and if you do sign up, there's a whole bunch of benefits you can get. You can uh, be a NES supporter and we're really appreciative of our NES supporters and you can be a SNES supporter too where you get a bunch of extra content, Al
2: you can indeed a whole lot of shows so it's an extra eight shows a month roughly and you can join us and get our gamer code so you can spy on what we've been doing or playing online or not doing and playing online as may be the case um and well to be fair you there's a bunch of things but the coolest one by far is the discord where you can sit and chat with us or with each other all day long and people
0: do and yeah, it's, it's awesome great. it's really great okay i think we should move on and start on this week's news Hello. Okay, so first of all, uh, we're going to talk about a few of the sort of games that have either just arrived or are coming. And we're going to start off with this announcement from Scott Games. They've announced and released Five Nights at Freddy's Help Wanted for the Switch. Now, this is the VR one, but it's a non-VR port. Uh, Some people say this is the best in the franchise. uh, And there are quite a few of the Five Nights at Freddy's, and we've already seen a few of them on the Switch too, Anton. But this one has 50 mini games.
1: Yeah, this one really caught me off guard because I... You know the Five Nights at Freddy's franchise was one I always kind of followed from afar, and I believe this is the seventh entry. But those first four games came out in like a good year block, and you know that's when the the franchise was at the kind of height of its importance. So this one, where you know, it seems like they've spent a little bit more time on it, it borrows elements from the kind of first four entries, where it has some of the stuff where you're in the pizzeria. Uh, kind of fighting animatronics that come down hallways turning off lights and trying to survive as long as possible and then has some of the stuff where you're kind of a kid in a little wee room and you know the minigames are really interesting where it's not every day Alistair you see minigames and horror games
2: uh, colliding in a kind of dark WarioWare tunnel of chaos (laughs) It is a really terrifying prospect that I mean to be fair these games look pretty terrifying as they were and I imagine if I was playing this in a VR environment I would probably have to go and change my underwear. At least on the Switch, it's slightly less scary, but it still looks pretty terrifying. But the idea of a terrifying mini game—I just can't wrap my head around it. Minigames games equals fun and happy and lovely and joyful, not not underwear soiling.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Where, as you say, you don't have those connotations. Like mini games are great. Like especially if it's not part of a Mario part or something like that for just a, a good five minutes, but. I don't see myself sitting down on like a first evening, being like, uh, "I just want like I want to be terrified, but only like four, four minutes of terrified."
0: <laughs> yeah, there is a fine line between fun and um, terror. Um, but I think these games. I think the one thing about these games are that they're actually really good quality and I think as games um, they're well worth investigating if you can play them in short bursts I mean as you know I'm playing Deadly Premonition which isn't scary for most of it but there are scary even in that there's scary moments and when I'm playing it at night I'm like oh especially with the headphones on and the Switch so I'm not sure how I would get on with this Um, but uh, certainly not VR put it that way the VR thing that would not be (laughs) that would not be happening at all nope I'd take a hard nope on that one but um, I still think that this is well worth checking out so if you are a fan of the previous entries, then definitely go and check it out. Uh, this next one, I'm actually really keen on checking out a bit more of. It's uh, Buckshot Software. They've announced Project Warlock. It's coming to the Switch on the 11th of June. It's a fantasy-style, Duke Nukem-style, first-person first person shooter, Al. And- it's like it's almost like they've done a sort of cartoony pastiche of Doom and Duke Nukem to make it that kind of pixelated look in the same style, um, but bigger and more going on, and it just looks chaotic. But it looks like it's pretty well done.
2: Yeah, chaotic but well done is actually quite a good description. And to be fair, I mean it's been kicking around for a while. It's about a year and a half old. It's been on Steam for a while, um, and it gets rave reviews. It's it's got a whole lot of awards and. Um, very, very positively reviewed. So the fact we're getting it on Switch is pretty cool. I don't think it's going to be taxing the Switch anytime soon because it doesn't look like graphically the most difficult thing in the world to run. But it's fun. So, I mean, I have no issue with that. And, yeah, the description of Doom and Duke Nukem uh, is pretty much spot on. That's all you need to know. It's a Doom Duke Nukem clone. Done. Awesome.
1: Indeed, you know. It, it looks it looks interesting. I'm excited to see it. And I'm, I'm hoping once we get some reviews or some more in-depth gameplay, we may be find if they've done anything new to gameplay because we have been slowly getting a little bit more. But uh, as a basis, uh, I watched the trailer maybe outside of some slightly rough voice acting, which, you know, is fitting with the era. Uh, you know, it seems like a fairly well-rounded tale all round, Mike.
0: Yeah, it does. I think, you know, that we, we're so lucky with the Doom entries on the Switch. And I think that's not to sort of, you know, don't forget that if you're looking at spending money on one game then you might be better value with the doom game simply because they 're bringing you content they 're really you know giving you so much for your money but um, as well as that um, they're they 've already got a whole bunch of stuff and it 's pretty cheap but I think this is one uh, definitely to to sort of check out anyway because it does look slightly different. I know it is a clone, but there 's a different feel to it as well if it 's familiar. But it's got an element of something extra. And I think it's just in that kind of blocky, pixelated kind of vibe that it's got. So I'm definitely going to be checking this out. It's out on the 11th of June, so not that long to go. And definitely looking forward to seeing what it's like on the Switch uh, as well. And uh, next up, another one that I think looks pretty interesting from Kamina Dimension. They've announced Seas. Um, it's kind of a Metroidvania shooter sword game. It's coming later in the year. Uh, it looks pretty slick in terms of the artwork the only only my only thought anton is it doesn't instantly look like something we haven't seen before so is it going to stand out from the crowd
1: yeah you know that's kind of where i was feeling mike where i love the look of the gameplay you know it's kind of got metroidvania combined with that uh Dai Katana game that came out recently the ninja game where you kill kind of one hit kill um i think the combination of kind of it has a degree of fluidity in where you can jump your fluid and that way you've got rockets and you're slas- slashing and dashing but it's a you know it's a the metroidvania field which is kind of crazy to think like i remember early indies 2011 2012 it was like oh we're we're making another in a genre that we haven't had a game in for like 15 20 years ps1 symphony of the night but now it's became an incredibly competitive field one of the most competitive ones on Switch and it's a genre that still requires a lot of time of its players so I'm, I'm not too sure if this one's doing something to elevate beyond that but I'm, I must confess Alistair I'm not the, the expert expert when it comes to Metroidvania so it's hard to I, say
2: Yeah, I'm kind of the same. I know it was, it's was it been kicking around for I think about th- three years development for this game so I'm guessing it's quite a bit to it. If it's going to take you that long to develop what well, on the surface looks like a fairly simple game, I'm guessing there's a lot more to it than we are probably picking up. Uh, it's only been out in Steam for a while, I think it came out in February, but it's been, I think, pretty well received on there. So the fact it's been ported over to the, the Switch is, is it's a, I mean, it's a good thing. And um, to be honest, it's been so long since I've played one a game along this style, depending on how much they want to charge for it. I may be tempted to give it a look. Again, it's one of these things that I'd love to see a demo for, just so that we could wrap our heads around it and see really whether it does have that, that depth that we think it might have on there or not. Apparently, we're also getting a physical edition, which is kind of cool.
0: Mm, yeah, well, you know, I'm always an advocate for the, the physical versions. So yeah, I, I mean, I've got similar thoughts to, I think, you as well, Alan, that I think if, if I see this on sale, I might be, I might, be tempted to give it a go but like you haven't played one of these kind of games in a long time but I do like the look of it I do think it looks pretty slick I just hope that it's got enough to sort of you know uh, rise above the rest. Uh, next up, this is um, this is a, an interesting one because NBA 2K20 has gone on sale for £2.49. Now, the original price is £49.99. So that's a ridiculously huge amount. I think they did this with 2K19 as well. This is until the 27th of May. So you're going to have to be quick. It's just a couple of days left on this. And also you'll need uh, to have uh, a memory card that has at least 7,632 gig of space. Is that right, Anton? <laughs>
2: Yeah,
1: basically, you know, that's the, the one thing I've heard about people saying this. It's the outstanding praise for the bargain, but at the same time, they're like, 40 gigabytes on a Nintendo Switch? What? I'm going to have to um, go buy another memory card for it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's it, More than a Switch, you have to buy an entire dedicated console for it. No. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, I wasn't aware of 19 going on sale, so I, I was always coming up with my conspiracy theories, as I commonly seem to do on this podcast somehow because uh, nba 2k they're doing the new PJ game kind of first in a franchise so i thought this was their
2: their big ploy to make everybody like them alistair <laughs> and it's working i don't know if you guys have bought it but i went and bought it 2.49 yes please although actually it didn't cost me 2.49 because i'd hold a gold point so it cost me 52p <laughs> Which is quite nice. <laughs> and, <you> know, <laughs> and it's th- currently, it's downloading as we speak and we'll probably be doing so for the next day and a half.
0: You know, it's funny because I haven't and I am normally the bargain hunter amongst us all that would be the first there. And the only reason I haven't is I'm just weighing up the space it needs to actually run it um, versus the amount of games I have in the backlog. Now, I know you can have them sitting there. You don't have to have it when you're not playing, but I just, uh, there's just a part of me goes, I'm probably not going to play it. As much as... Well, I can.
2: <laughs> I figure we're in lockdown at the moment. I've got nothing much else to do with my time. It's so cheap. And I quite like playing basketball games on ah, consoles. I haven't played one for a while, see, but they're they're good.
0: That's where the difference is. Um I'm not on furlough, so that I don't have the time I'm too busy with work I just know that if I'm going to pick a game it isn't going to be NBA 2K20 I'm probably going to pick something else from the backlog Um, and if it's a sports game I'd probably rather still play FIFA on the PlayStation 4 which I'm doing at the moment or Rocket League so I I just don't I think if it was hockey or if it was American football I probably would basketball (sighs) Do you know what? I think they're they're probably, and I like 2K uh, for sports games as well. So I'll probably regret this in three days time. And if you ask me next week, I'll probably say, yeah, I bought it anyway.
1: (laughs) See, it's funny, Mike. I was in the exact same situation where I was sitting there. I was like, this is such a good game, but I I struggled to see myself picking it up. And as well as that, I was just like doing the math in my head. I'm like, all right, if I bought a micro SD card, 64 gigabyte SD cards, what? Twelve pounds. So this is maybe like eight pounds worth of storage. Would I buy this game for ten pounds? No. <laughs>
2: oh, <laughs> I it. I've got a hundred twenty-eight gig card in the Switch. There's not much on it. We've got tons of capacity. I can play it for a bit till I get bored and then get rid of it. And it only cost me two fifty or fifty two p.
1: I yeah. must confess, though, it does look gorgeous for a Switch game. Even like the eighteen version they did was the Switch on bail, and they had people playing at a skateboarding park. <laughs> Still looked absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, so. I'm jealous of that. I might, I might cave. I might be like Mike next week, and we'll I all think... be like NBA 2K20 stance.
0: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I can see it happening, but no, I can understand. You know, I think if 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 I wasn't. Um, really stuck in terms of the amount of time I've got at the moment um, just, just with work and probably working more at the moment because everyone now is available because everyone's at home so I, I suspect that's probably the reason as well I think if I had more time on my hands I probably would have gone and got it and I still might 27th of May though so be quick uh, next up Reggie has revealed he plans to unveil his Animal Crossing island when it's ready uh, will you, uh, <laughs> can, can you can you can you can you apply to, I don't know how it works can you just show up on his island or do you need a visa or how does it work Anton
1: uh, yeah you know you can only have about eight people on it so i presume he's maybe doing a he's gonna become reggie the let's player at that point start up a twitch channel or whatever it may be <laughs> but um yeah you know people in that game have become absolutely insane like especially touring some islands this weekend i'm like my god i know nothing i'm awful i i didn't turns out i didn't even have eyes this whole time it was uh deplorable
0: oh that's that's it's as scary I'm as five worried. nights at Freddy's to be honest. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, just looking at my island compared to what people are able to do, I'm like, I what? <laughs> it's ridiculous. But um I'm I'm gonna be curious because uh whenever Reggie's been like I'm a gamer, like when he was flexing about being really good at Smash Bros, people played him and then he was absolutely awful. So I'm gonna be curious to see what his middle ground of retiredness, uh retired life, Animal Crossing life is set up for him. Uh, it's gonna be curious. <laughs> it doesn't quite work
0: and you have you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative construction off the Uh. way the way we can do this
1: is that we ditch your idea entirely entirely check out the gaming blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now
0: I mean, Al, I guess in that you're um, you the same boat as me in that I'll watch this from with interest but live it all through Anton.
2: <laughs> yeah, very much so. Mean. I mean, I, I, I've not even seen enough of Animal Crossing. This is a terrible admission. I've not seen enough of Animal Crossing to really know what the island looks like. I don't know what you can do with it. I've seen little screenshots of people going, hey, look, here's this I don't know, temple I built or here's my well, recording studio or whatever. I, I have no concept really. What the uh, islands looks like, I and have, what you can do with them. I've so.
0: seen the NSUKP merch in Animal Crossing, that is cool. and that is yeah, very that cool. Yeah, so, cool. uh, that was very cool. So you cool. know, I think uh, I, I, there's definitely where there's a. Way there's a will and all that. Um, uh, So, okay, next up, we've got uh, another interesting one. NGPX or New Game Plus Expo it has been announced as a conference. Now, this is happening on the 23rd of June, but some big names are going to be there. We've got Sega, Atlas, Natsume, SNK, uh, and many, many more. Anton, um, does that mean we're expecting more big game announcements? Do you think that the Switch will feature heavily in this? It's a month to go.
1: Yeah, that's kind of the vibe that i'm getting for it. i think um a lot of these developers that are kind of they're not big enough to have had a conference normally uh but at the same time are the kind of person that would maybe have announced it at like a comic-con or at a panel or something like that those sort of level developers um are kind of looking for a venue to kind of do it with uh, and make their announcements without just dropping them onto uh a YouTube channel because yet you know you can just drop let's say a, a Ma- Paper Mario Um, you know if it wasn't for it being part of a Nintendo Direct we wouldn't have been talking about 51 worldwide classics or whatever it would be so you know I imagine a lot especially the smaller devs here they're probably looking for a way of kind of showcasing some of their better games like you know Sega they could drop a Sonic game but they, they need a, a conference or something to kind of, really make anybody care about their olympics games that are coming out very
0: shortly well here's the thing uh alistair do you think we could hear more of the sonic uh, rumors then if sega are going to be there do you think they'll integrate any of those
2: i guess that would make sense yeah uh, why not but, but what i was wondering is what happened to this summer games festival thing that was set up surely you'd think this would be part of it you think they're just sort of wrapped them all into one nice little bundle unless yes. someone's gonna try and take credit for it
1: This would be part of, like, Summer Games Fest, but it's more so this would be, like, a conference of all of them as one, I think. So, Hmm. kind of, Summer Game Fest is kind of, like... It's the same way E3 was, like, a branding for, like, a Microsoft, Nintendo, Ubisoft conferences, that Summer Game Fest would be, like, the branding for, you know, Nintendo Direct, State of Play, and this NGPX, which is kind of, like a mega conferences for the the B teams. Got it. Okay. (laughs) It's clever.
2: Well, I mean, we Indeed. all know that uh, with, uh, with to face, Atlas being there, we all know that Mike is just going to be sitting there with his fingers crossed, waiting for, oh, what was that game called again? Oh, mm, uh, mm,
0: Persona something, maybe? No idea. Not a, not a clue. <laughs> to be honest, i would be happy with any of them at this point. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you would think that we're going to hear some more. You know, I, I've said it already, and I'll, I'll, I'll reiterate the point that th- when I went through and had a look at what's coming up this year, I was shocked at how much we've actually got coming to the Switch that is really good. I'm not talking about games that are you know, the the shovelware. I'm talking about there's... I I counted probably a 100 titles that I think are well worthy of checking out. And I think there'll be more and I think there'll be lots more announcements. So I'm expecting big things from the summer festivals and the summer uh, expos and conferences. But we will see. Uh, LEGO have announced some new outfits. It's uh, LEGO Mario Power-Up Packs. You get the Fire Mario Suit, the Propeller Mario Suit, Cat Mario Suit, and the Builder Mario Suit. All four power pack, Power-Up Packs arrive uh on the 1st of august anton uh, what so is this like literal physical lego
1: yeah this is um for your the the lego mario starter kit that's coming out later in the year or mid this year i can't recall the date of i think
0: it, it is but. later this year i think so um
1: and you know I, you know i i like lego the idea of it but or lego mario the idea of it and the execution looks like a lot of efforts went into this but I think for some people this really synonymizes uh, everything. The people who that were kind of on the fence about Lego Mario and synonymize it, like they have the one where it's like a propeller one. It's like, oh, it can fly (laughs) now. Like. could fly anyway you could throw that thing across a room if you really want
0: i mean i mean it is slightly left of you know what we want lego and mario to do because we'd like them to make a game but um i think i'll there is an appeal here and of course the big market is going to be those people that collect the you know the, the actual models and then keep them for ages because i think one day in the future they'll be worth something more surely I mean,
2: yes, to an extent. I mean, Lego is very collectible and a lot of the kits do go up massively drastically in value. Um, they are very, very cool. I really hope this gets consigned to the dustbin of history and gets forgotten out very quickly and disappears. I had such high hopes for Lego and Mario can be combined. And this is just the worst possible iteration they could have come up with for Lego and Mario. I mean, oh, I can't, I can't express my disdain enough frankly, for this. Oh. And the fact they've brought out more just makes me angrier.
0: Well, her do you know what? If they bring out a game, all will be forgiven. They can have as many Lego exactly do that (laughs) next up Pollyanna (laughs) comic uh, have announced uh, a comic so there's been comic let me start again it's a new comic (laughs) that's been announced and it's based on Mother which we know is Earthbound we've had many a confusing conversation about that in the past and it features uh, 35 manga artists and writers also features Toby Fox and it's Japanese only Um, but again it's that cross-culture thing Anton isn't it where we're seeing more and more of this
1: Yeah, and, you know, it looks absolutely gorgeous. Obviously, uh, Toby Fox of Undertale fame, so he kind of has that ironic RPG sense of humour and sensibilities to him. Can you get him to Um, finish
0: his game first? Because we're still waiting.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think uh, we could say that with Earthbound. I think, could you imagine a crossover? Now, that's what we want. If Mm -hmm. we can't get a sequel to Earthbound, a crossover with Undertale would be, like, the the chaotic good of uh, all of the internet. But Mm I highly deplore you that, you know, it's yet they're marking the uh, Pollyanna as a comic. It's a lot closer to, like, a thick hardback graphic novel. And, um, you know, the artwork in it, it, it doesn't look like a manga or a comic. It looks really gorgeous. Some of it's, like, got this, like, watercolor aesthetic. Uh, some of it looks less good. But a lot of the stuff that at least they've showcased in their promotional work looks absolutely gorgeous. And, uh, you know, if they, if they did this for Undertale, I could just... You know, I would be all on board, but uh, sadly, I haven't made the the leap into Earthbound uh,
2: quite yet. But it does look really good, Alistair. Um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm actually looking up at the moment to see if I can figure out what this artwork looks like. Because uh, to be honest, I'd seen the headline and hadn't really gone into it in any great depth. But the way you've just been talking about it, it makes it sound cool. Oh, right, totally retro. Yeah, I'm liking that. That is cool. I've got to to say, I've never owned a graphic novel. I think the last time I read a comic of any description was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when I was about 12 years old. And I loved that. I really loved that. I like the idea of graphic novels and comics. I just never really got... I I don't know, I've never picked them up. I can feel bad about it, actually. I've got a friend who loves them and is always trying to get me to read the Batman ones. Mm -hmm. And they look cool. I just never... Never
0: got around to it. They're great. You, they're what great. about you, Mike? I, I don't read enough of them, um, but I still read them. And I certainly was not 12 the last time I read when I was probably six months younger than I am now. So, uh, 63. And um, I, um, <laughs> I I, I really enjoy them when I get the chance to sit down and, and read them. And, and they're proper art. I think, you know, sometimes they're a little underrated in terms of how incredible they are. You know, some of the, the, the artwork is amazing, the stories are great, especially those Batman ones. There's a lot there. Um, of course, you could get yourself into conversation. Conversations about timelines and things, um, and uh, you know which canon you're in and all that kind of stuff. But it's it's great, you know, and it's it's um, it's where a lot of the the you know the 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 proper stories, the fact the real fans really sort of look at the comics as being the the real kind of canon, you know, the the original. And 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 for a lot of series, and I think it's um, it's really great that there's more crossovers with you know video games, and I think we'll see more of that in the future as well, which Indeed. is good.
1: And uh, I must add, like, from my experience, whether it be the Sonic comic or the Halo graphic novel, is I feel like video games translate a lot better to uh, kind of a comic or a drawn medium because it's always that kind of thing of story through action. Uh, there You can't have that tons of explanation, explanationary kind of information dumps that you can do in novels. Uh, so they usually translate quite vividly. And I imagine mm. the kind of 1990s pop culture landscape and tone of uh, Earthbound will be a very fitting um, fit, and only hopefully, yeah. please. I, I just want it to be
2: come over here in English. That's the true goal.
0: Yeah, well, it's qu- quite possible. You never know. Watch this space. Next up, Ur- uh, Urban. It'd be, I was, sorry, I was say,
2: it'd be interesting to see if it does come over, because um, what Disney might have something to say about that. I was, I was thinking, Pollyanna is really familiar. Indeed, there was like a comic back in the, I don't know when it would be, 1960s, or something called Pollyanna. It was based on a Disney character. So if it appears over here, you might end up seeing it being called something different, potentially.
0: Mm. Interesting. Well, there we are. Uh, Urban Flow is getting a new trailer and a June the 26th release date. So we talked about this, I think, a couple of weeks ago. It's this kind of mad, um, chaotic street kind of game where you're sort of the puppet master with the traffic lights and you're conducting the the motorists from above. Um, And it looks chaotic. It reminds me of some of the kind of airport kind of management sims, but more happening. I quite like the look of it, though, Al. I think it's got something... It's seems like a kind of game like nine one one operator or one of these kind of things that you might pick up and then end up playing for a lot longer than you intended
2: yeah these games can be they they can suck you in and all of a sudden you realize it's been three hours and you've been turning traffic lights on and off (laughs) and you haven't really been thinking about it and i think effectively that's kind of what this game seems to be it's largely traffic it's traffic control it's what it's called urban flow um and it could be really, really good. I, I really hope there's um, some cues in there to help people like you and I, Mike, who don't necessarily find I'll it easiest in the world to tell the difference <laughs> between the red and the green traffic lights. Yeah, <laughs> But I presume they'll have thought of that. And there's probably a color mode in there somewhere. So it could be interesting.
1: Yeah, you know, it, this was very much a game that you, we really needed to see the trailer, like, to understand what it was. And I, to be honest, I think they probably should have unveiled this trailer with the announcement. But I'll say of that, you know, it looks good. I think the caught bit where... Uh, you know individual people have different traffic light looks like a, a wonderful way to kind of break friendships uh in a beautiful way but <laughs> overall like i'm just you know i'm curious to give this a go it has a uh, auto chef vibes uh which came was well, a game that kind of hooked me for a good bit so yeah um
0: the other game it reminds the other game it reminds me of quite a lot is conduct together um it's got that oh yeah I've, of... i
2: bought that i've not played it yet
0: actually it's just sitting on the Switch waiting to be played. It's got that kind of vibe to it. But no, I think it looks it looks colourful as well, which I quite like. It looks, the art style's not quite as typical. Um it actually reminds me of Chinatown Wars, GTA, Chinatown Wars in the art style slightly. It's got that slightly boxy kind of look to the vehicles, slightly different angles, more isometric than that one was. But um I think, again, it's worth checking out if you um, if you haven't seen it then go and have a look at the trailer and you would expect that one to be coming uh, well June the 26th What's that just over a month's time so go and have a look at that new trailer if you've just seen the first one go look at the new trailer because it's well worth it. So next up a game that has caught my attention this week because I've been looking at this a bit more in depth and I am really quite interested in playing this and Even more so because it's got a surprise launch already. It's Journey to the Savage Planet, Anton. And this just looks really good fun. And the reviews have been pretty good as well, especially from people playing it, even more so than the sort of industry reviews. Um, It has come out on all the consoles, I think, and it just looks really, really interesting.
1: Yeah, it really reminds me of when we first saw the Our Worlds was coming to Switch because it Honestly, looks too good to be true. Uh, like, the the level, graphical fidelity, the, the world, the scale of the game. You know, we get some first-person shooter games that are cross-platform, but they're a little bit closed down, or they're kind of older in some way. But this looks like a full AAA experience on Switch, and, you know, I'm excited to see this come to Switch, because... You know, it looks like the promise of what No Man's Skies was meant to be, but, uh, you know, a lot more concentrated, dialed down for somebody who's uh, like myself, who isn't going to play 200 hours into any game. So, um, you know, it looks like a nice breather or or kind of taster of a genre I've never really
2: played at all. Yeah, I mean, you guys know me, I'm not the biggest um, first person, Uh, I'll call it shooter player in the world, but actually this one looks... Engaging, And actually, all the reviews I've read about it have said it's, it's sort of unlike anything that Henry's played before. It's, it's uh, engaging, it's authentic, it's warm, it looks like it's kind of got quite a few puzzles in it. And it, apparently it's really funny. So I am massively intrigued by this, and I'm really kind of... I think I might go and give it a bash. It's, it's really vivid. I don't know, if you watch the trailers, it's obviously set on alien planets and there's animals running around, so the sort of uh, No Man's Sky references definitely the, the chime. But it looks a lot... Um, cartoonier in a way just a lot brighter and cheerier and i like bright and cheery we all know this
0: yeah it's uh for me as well I, I think first person shooters i mean i enjoy first person shooters but i wouldn't say i'm particularly good at them but this one feels like it's got enough to hold me and i, I do love sci-fi anything sci-fi definitely gets me interested i mean i'm very much looking forward to the outer worlds being released finally soon um but this one definitely again because it's it's a triple A in the sense that it's out on all the same systems, and you know all all the systems at the same time. And it's uh, it doesn't require a huge amount of free space; only two point three gig as well, Anton. So it doesn't even take up that much kind of space, which is uh, which is just incredible. And I th- I'm just really excited to have a go. Two
1: point. 2.3 no that's that's some dark magic going on there we've got uh, doesn't seem right 4 gigabytes it? for a basketball and then 2.3 for <laughs> the universe <laughs> <laughs> no but that you know uh, and all jokes aside like it's honestly just—it looks crazy. Um, do do we know a price by any chance? Well, it's, um, it's twenty
0: nine ninety nine dollars, so I'm imagining it'll be twenty nine ninety nine as well. Um, Two point three gig is the file size. I've just double checked that to make sure as well, which is great. You've got co op as well, which is really exciting, um, and apparently it's pretty good too. Um, you know, it's it's an extra kind of thing to to, to add to it, um, and you know, it's got the exploration thing, that no man's sky kind of thing as well. Um, really really quite interested in this and the fact that it kind of dropped without anybody really realizing it was coming, um or at least at that point, it was great. And um yeah, more of those please because it's it is adding to our huge back catalogue of games to play, but still um very excited to, to give absolutely. that absolutely
2: and there's a physical version coming on the twenty fifth of June. Ah, excellent. Well that we, might be we there. are too
1: lucky on the Switch. Remember the hard days when we only had Zelda Look at this now. <laughs> I know, I know.
0: Uh, next up, uh, Fortnite, who are pretty well known these days for their crossover stuff. We had the Travis Scott one uh, doing the gig in the in Fortnite recently, which was pretty amazing. And uh, now Christopher Nolan's Tenet, the film that uh, the, the uh, that's going to get an unveil in Fortnite as well. Um, it's <laughs> it's a wild ride in Fortnite these days, Anton. But it just shows the power of Fortnite.
1: Yeah, it's almost crazy. Where Fortnite's slowly turning into like a social platform, which I imagine's obviously part of Epic's grand like world domination plans. But um, you know, it's such a weird one for Christopher Nolan to be participating in because you know, historically, um, you know, he's been the the anti technology guy. He's the you know, we do it all by hand. We watch movies in the big cinema. Um, if you have a phone and you've watched a trailer on it, you've done it bad service. <laughs> uh, you know, he's very classic film technology. So it's fantastic to see him embrace something like this. And, um, and, you know, one day I'm going to, you know, I guess guess if it's a, a full screening in uh, Fortnite, I might jump in, Mike.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's. I mean, I played a bit of Fortnite, and I'm terrible, and it's the building side of it that throws me. But um, I just think it's again, it's 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 great to have other media acknowledge video games as being a a genuine and exciting platform for promotion and for you know bringing other sort of um, styles in there. You've got the, got the music and we've got the film and um, it's cool. It's really good. It's a, it's a really great idea. It, it's kind of mind-blowing though, while in some ways.
2: It It is. I mean, I can't wrap my head around the fact that a video game has become such a, a platform for music and gigs and movies and it's just amazing. And it's a free-to-play video game and it's clearly not really aimed at us. I think mm, Anton's probably just at the tail end of probably the target audience for Fortnite, i'm guessing but they're really going for the younger generation and it's it's really really clever i mean that is that is where they all are so why not use it as a platform for marketing it is genius yeah it's amazing it took so long to get there
0: i would agree Um, Okay, now this is very exciting and I know we always get pretty excited about this particular title. It's uh, Clubhouse Games 51, uh, plus the extra games that we're getting, uh, well, the piano that we're getting, which I think makes it 52. Uh, Worldwide Classics is coming to Nintendo Switch in 11 days' time. So I know it's going to be tough for the next 10 days Mm -hmm. to control yourself, Anton, but you're just going to have to sit down, relax, chill and wait for that release in 11 days
1: you know i've like i've mortgaged and sold all of my furniture and i just have to wait this is ridiculous i'm like i put my money down on a hundred copies of that game and uh the fact that they're doing this to me is i think i, I sh- first Harsh. priority we're 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 pressing this <laughs> technically
0: do you know do you know what though al like I, we joke about this game a lot because we just think it's one of the weirdest promotions we've ever seen from nintendo but uh, I kind of hope it is good because if it is good and people enjoy it, there will be a lot of value in it.
2: Yeah, I mean, to be fair, from what I've been reading about it, it's actually a really good game. Uh, people are sort of saying it's a really great replacement for, okay, some board games, but also kind of like a Wii Sports kind of mm. a game. And yeah. there's a lot more kind of depth and playability to it than you might imagine. And it's actually a really good way of just getting a bunch of mates technically around the TV or your family around the TV, I suppose, when you're not in lockdown. Um, and having... I having a surprising good time uh, i just I there's something about me goes i'm not paying for that it just i don't know why i can't bring myself to do it yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah
1: it has a uh, very much uh 50 pounds for one two switch vibes uh,
2: yes <laughs> which, uh, yeah exactly was A lot
1: then and uh, it's a lot now but you know it's pretty cool because uh, they've recently shown off the the tennis mini game in it and uh apparently everybody's noticed all of the courses in that game are based on Wii Sports and earlier uh, the golf game on the original NES so you know Hmm. there appears to be some love, some first party Nintendo surprisingly enough from them putting in (laughs) Mini Direct so you know they they won't do too bad They 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 always do good stuff. Nintendo. I he- hear about them. Yeah, <laughs> some big games.
0: Yeah, they do the one or two or fifty two in this case. Uh, okay, let's move on uh, because we've got a few rumors to talk about this week. It's time for this week's rumors. No, I'm not. Right, first up, one that Al pointed out, and that was uh, Bayonetta 3. So we have heard that Bayonetta 3 is still in development, and uh, Hideki Kamiya has told fans to throw any concerns or theories about it being binned out the window. Um, yeah, because we weren't getting to the point, Al- uh, Alistair, that I think questions were starting to be asked just because it feels like that was such a hard kind of launch in terms of it coming, and there was this big excitement about it but that almost feels like a different generation ago That as long as it, as it was because it was a while ago
2: it, yeah I mean it's been kicking around for so long that I can't even remember how long it's been kicking around for they've been talking about this game for ages and the thing was only so long you can keep um, expectation running before people start to lose interest or as in the case here people start to the rumour mill churns around going ah, oh, it's been binned or it's been cancelled or they stopped working on it or they've had to start again or, all these kinds of things so it's just periodically having to go and defend it going nope no, nope, just stop worrying it's gonna be awesome it's still coming just hang on which is kind of a shame but it's 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 good to know it's still there it's nice to have that reassurance i mean what do you reckon anton
1: yeah it's, it's been funny you know it's uh, in terms of the the news uh, cycle like it's a, a title that seems to pop up like every month or two and you know it's funny seeing the transition over time where it started off of a place of oh you know thank yous for caring so much about our franchise it's coming we, we're still looking out to us to uh and have kind of a stage of ambivalence of yep it's coming don't worry we've got you to the case of please be quiet we're working on it. <laughs> like i just love how it's been <laughs> from like loving like use care to can you please stop we're trying to make a game here <laughs>
0: Yeah, it, it just feels so long since that whole thing happened. I mean, it, it, honestly, and, and it's a real shame, I think, because there was so much exciting, but it's, it's so much excitement around it. But I think now, because of um, because, because we've had so many other things happen, I think they've maybe lost the potential of those that would have been on the fence about it, perhaps. And I think the ones that are always going to buy it will always buy it. But the people like me and you, Al, maybe we've just kind of lost that excitement. Because I remember looking at it first and going, yeah, I really want that. And now I'm like, bayonetta 3
2: oh yeah uh, maybe <laughs> eh, i mean to be fair i was never the biggest bayonetta fan i had the first two and the wii u mm. couldn't really get into them played them a bit it was like mm, nah can't be bothered what do you think? i have to say i'm not not that interested in getting on the switch either but i do think it's an addition that should be on the switch because mm-hmm. there's a lot mm-hmm. of love for the franchise and they're, they're by nights very very good games yeah so uh yeah it would be nice if they would get it finished and get it out there but at the same time I'm still firmly the belief that I'd rather developers took longer and created better games than rushed out junk.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. Next up, uh, looks like, uh, according to analyst Jeff Grubb from VentureBeats, he said that Nintendo isn't planning a Direct at all for now. It's telling development partners not to wait for a Direct, even if they have a big announcement. I think we kind of figured that. Um, it, it probably means more that we're going to see a lot more announcements in these summer conferences Anton and maybe we would have I think you'll see things maybe being shoe hardened into that that wouldn't have they'd have waited for the next direct and now they're thinking well let's just let's just go for it at the next conference we have the opportunity to do it
1: yeah you know I, I very much um like the news like if we had a normal direct let's take the like the one where Luigi's Mansion got announced Luigi's Mansion you know being a big AAA game kind of got overshadowed by the fact that you know there's Metroids and there's uh, Animal Crossings, there's Smash Bros. They're they're all floating around and they're competing for competition. And you know if we had a direct, a full direct right now with the kind of you know, average arrangement of Nintendo games, Paper Mario would have fell to the kind of the the kind of show notes. Like it wouldn't have been a highlight announcement. And uh, you know doing them individually maybe be the the next step on Nintendo's journey of kind of. Uh, shackling industry trends which you know it's went from the big dedicated conference now everybody's doing the digital conference so maybe just going fully and just dropping trailers and having the full spotlight on your individual announcements maybe the way the industry is going i'm not too
2: sure alistair
1: do you think there's (laughs) substance there
2: I think I think you kind of hit the nail on the head last week, I think, when we were talking about a similar topic and sort of Nintendo kind of going, well, screw you guys, we're going to him. We, we were doing this first. Now you guys are all doing it. We're going to go do our own thing. And why not? I mean, like you said, Paper Mario was a big event because it was randomly dropped and was probably more like a Mario Rapids, I guess, kind of release where it's kind of cool. And it's cool. And a lot of people love it, but it's not of Mario Odyssey or Zelda or Metroid. And this way, it's got a lot more exposure than it would have done. Um, and I, I get... I get that model going forward, but equally at the same time, we've talked about this before as well, that this could just be a blip in Nintendo's development um, cycle and the way they're doing the directs. So if they are trying to do directs closer to the release of these big games, there's going to be this window, uh, and maybe that's we're still in that window and this is just the way the cycle is going until Nintendo catches back up again.
0: Yeah, you just reminded me that I downloaded um Mario Rabbits during the last sale, I just remembered and I was like, Oh yeah, I should play that. So thanks for that reminder. Uh, yeah, no, I think um I think that the next Direct is going to be a huge event, but I think that we are going to be waiting a while for that. So I think expect more of these dropped release announcements out of nowhere. And I think that's kind of exciting in its own way, and they have to keep doing something exciting. Otherwise, people will get fed up with the fact we haven't got a Direct. Uh, Suda51, we'd like to bring older grasshopper manufacturer games to Switch, such as Killer7, Killer is Dead, and No More Heroes. There'll be a lot of love for that if that does happen, Anton.
1: Indeed, you know. Some of these games, you know, they were very much cult hits, and they never really got the love that they honestly deserved. Like uh, the one that comes to mind for me is always Killer Seven. You know, the the kind of the sixth and seventh generation of consoles there are so much we were so concentrated on having powerful, innovative games with the greatest graphics, and you know. That was a game that had you... It was an on-rail shooter, and all the reviews panned it. They're like, on-rail shooters are dead, it's out of date, you need to have a... It needs to be a full shooter, first-person sure. because, you know, it wasn't really until Halo we figured out how to do uh, first-person controls on a console properly, and uh, you know, there's tons of games through Grasshopper's history, which, you know, they, they were kind of cheap and kind of had some rough corners, they were great games, but... And that was the whole kind of... Hmm. Uh, Cornerstones, so re releasing them, making them a little bit cheaper, Uh, even if they did them in like little wee small collections, like a Viewable Jewel collection, that would be fantastic or a uh, no more heroes one and two in time for the new game. Yeah, it would really give these some
0: second life, mate. Yeah, I, I could see the No More Heroes games being a thing just simply because they have a new one coming. It would make a lot of sense for them to to revisit those. And um, yeah, again, you know, it's quality titles. I mean, we talk about the the Switch in the library, and, and we know we talk about this a lot because it's just changed so drastically to what we had at the start, where it was you know ten games on the eShop. These days, it's like you know if you want to find the new release, you've got to scroll back four pages just to get to it because you know there's so many games coming out alan i think that you know when they're good quality titles bring it on
2: yeah could not agree more i mean well can i agree more possibly uh, it's getting to the stage now where like you said the eShop is so full of games that it's kind of getting hard to find the good stuff mm. and it's not that there's a lot of sho- i mean there is a lot of shovelware on there don't worry there's a lot of shovelware it would be nice if there was a way of filtering out the shovelware. I don't know how, yeah. you ever, I don't know how you'd ever do that because it's going to be cruel to the developers who are chucking out the shovelware, but just, just get rid of it. Just leave us yeah. some good stuff we actually yeah. want to see.
0: <laughs> I think I, I think there will be a point where they might have to look at um, how the eShop is laid out. I think it works okay, but I think there possibly is a better way to do it now. The numbers are so big, but being Nintendo, we could be could be waiting a while on that one. Uh, Just very briefly, I want to add in as well 2K rumour this week because uh, you know exactly what it's going to be but 2K have suggested that there are more games coming from the 2K collection. They've uh, obviously got these huge releases coming later this month with XCOM. They've got the Bioshock collection and Borderlands and really great releases and they've hinted that they want to do more. Um, So sports games being one of the potentials but the other big one they reckon is Mafia 2 which uh, I'm still seeing a lot lot of rumours and more than rumours. I've actually seen mafia 2 being rated for the nintendo switch so not the mafia collection trilogy um we haven't seen that but we have seen mafia 2 be rated for the nintendo switch so um ideally the trilogy would be great because i'd go back and play the first one and that's probably more interesting to me than the third one to be honest Um, but the second one if we got that anyway anton that would do it for me
1: yeah, you know, out of the the whole lot, because, you know, the, the first one's a, a remake, uh, and then the second two are remasters, uh, so, you know, a PS4 game remastered is maybe a little bit too much to ask for, Uh PS3 game remaster, uh, you know, it seems possible, the remake for right in time for the PS5, yeah, I'm, I don't have my hopes there, but to be honest, don't care, just want number two, the... Yeah the Christmas the whole opening segment of the game if <sighs> like you just give me that I know and you know the music and the atmosphere I would that's you
0: know, it it's that's all, enough it's just that atmosphere that'll stay with me forever that, that you know first segment of that game and even just the brilliant way it progresses is just really good so Mafia 2 is the one for me I'll uh, I know we've discussed this already in great depth but yes quick yes or no is it coming to the Switch
2: and I'm going to say yes. I mean, I put money on it, frankly.
0: Yeah, I think it will. I think it will. Uh, Paper Mario, The Origami King, it finished development two weeks ago, so it's ready to go. Um, that's encouraging, Alistair, in the sense that if it's finished now, it's just about ironing out any little things, and, and the more time they have to do that, the better, surely?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It does show you, though, it's a very tight development cycle. I mean, they literally just finished it two weeks ago, and they announced it two weeks ago. I mean, that's um, an impressive turnaround. So there, there is a little bit of going was the release pre-planned and they were working to that release date or was it, oh, the game's finished, let's release it which can have a massive impact on the quality I suspect they were working to a release date Yeah, surely until, But, I mean, it's a it's a Nintendo title it's not going to be bad it's, it's going to be fine, frankly but I just think it's really cool and interesting to see how quickly they went from finished to announced to presumably get it out
1: yeah, I'm almost curious, Alistair, if this is the first example of this truncated development cycle they've been talking about for so long, and maybe an uh, indication that we were we were given like we we weren't thinking as big as Nintendo. Like, you know, I think we were kind of expecting, you know, they announce a game and then it's out six months. But maybe what they're thinking about is their new truncated system, uh, and evident by maybe how long we're going to have to wait till a direct if they continue doing them. It's more so a kind of case of they're just gonna so there's no disappointment there's no delays uh there isn't two years of rumors thinking about whether the breath of the wild sequel's been delayed they just like they're going to finish games when they're ready on schedule they don't have to overwork staff or delay an animal crossing or whatever it may be and then they just drop it surprise out of nowhere um which could be like again another uh, Kelvin, kind of the same way we were talking about the directs, Kelvin, of, uh, not happening. Nintendo just try buck industry trends and try, try and be different in some ways, mate.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that there's such a demand on people trying to get people's attention and, and trying to keep the pe- keep people's attention. There's so much out there now and it's not just about video games, it's everything. So I think when they announce something like this and it gets a bit of excitement, especially when it's not a top tier Mario game, I think as well. I think it's important for them to be quick with the release, especially being Nintendo, because you can expect it from other developers I think. But with when with Nintendo I think they have to be fairly quick unless it's a, a Zelda or a Mario Kart, in which case they can announce plenty in advance. So I think it makes a lot of sense for them to to do it in this but I suspect they've been working on this for For a while And and there's no way They're releasing this Unless it's pretty top tier I would think uh, that's my thoughts anyway. Right, it's time for our Indie Corner and Leona is back with another game slightly different this time around because uh, Leona's going to talk about Dicey Dungeons which is not actually out on the Switch yet. It is coming out on the Switch and this is Leona's thoughts on that game.
3: Dicey Dungeons is a roguelike deck building game coming to Switch later this year. The game is set within a game show run by Lady Luck herself where adventurers are plucked from obscurity and given the chance to compete for their heart's greatest desire desire, but there is a slight catch in that entering the competition requires you to be transformed into an anthropomorphic die. From here you compete in turn-based battles, utilising a deck of skills that you create over the course of the game, each one reliant on the dice you roll. If you die though, you are dead. You can either begin again from the start, or move on to the next character eventually unlocking a set of challenge episodes for each one. Every character has different abilities and playstyles. I loved this aspect of the game because it meant that after a frustrating run with the warrior I could have a break and play as the robot who calculates rather than rolling any dice. The episodes also introduce fun and unique challenges each time, ranging from the easier just complete the dungeons to the near infuriating every turn your actions have a 50% chance of just not happening. This makes what could have been a game that dragged after your first couple rounds something really engaging. It's all about your cunning to tweak and mess with the dice you're given. If your sword requires a six, you can use your other cards to bump up or re-roll your current dice, providing of course you had the forethought to add those to your deck. It's a relatively simple structure, and if you play a lot of deck building games, you'll find this a more casual experience than the frustrating hours of choosing cards before you even make it to the actual gameplay in more complex titles. For someone as indecisive as me, who once notoriously had to take a night off to decide between two near identical pieces of armour in Path of Exile, This makes for a more relaxed experience, but one no less enjoyable. For a simple game though, it certainly likes to throw some wacky options your way every now and again. I turned myself into a bear at one point, thinking it would only last for that battle, but as it turns out, I was now permanently a bear and had to just play the rest of my run as a furry little dice who could only claw enemies. I absolutely loved it. Even the enemies themselves are all great, and although most battles go fairly quickly, they each shoot you a few memorable quips before going down. I still feel bad about that Hoover who died wondering what the Rubas were going to think of him. As you get further into the game, it does get a bit frustrating as characters like The Witch are particularly difficult to play well in the harder stages, leading to many failed attempts upon which you're kicked back to the title screen. It can be tough to feel like you're making progress in a game so heavily influenced by RNG. It's my only real issue with an otherwise great game though. This game is a great introduction to deck building, and a perfect title for the Switch. Since you can pick it up and quickly have a go at an episode, or like me, you can spend hours happily trying over and over again to make it past some of the harder stages. It has a great sense of humour, the soundtrack is amazing, and honestly, I just can't say enough about this game. It's a definite recommendation from me.
0: Interesting, Anton, in that um, Leona's really, really for this game, and and it does look like a, a fair bit of fun. I am quite interested to to see what this is going to be like on the switch um and it's not one that would have, i would have really realized because there's so many indie titles out there i would i probably wouldn't have um gone and checked this out had it not been for that review
1: yeah you know i, I think going off of the the dice square aesthetic uh yeah being very colorful was kind of of the, kind of the expectation that it might have been done as more a, a cost saving cheapness thing but what this review is kind of turned me uh, like, or pointed me towards is that there seems to be a lot more depth than I was expecting and uh, you know like having the bear dice and all that kind of stuff Like, (laughs) it sounds like it's full of character and a lot more than I was originally expecting Uh, and especially for a game I possibly would have glanced over at Alistair
2: Yeah it does sound funny and to be fair I think when they announced this at the was it the Direct Mini I think they announced this at we all kind of looked at it and went What on earth is that? We don't get it. move on. Uh, So clearly there's a lot more to it. And um, yeah, Leona's clearly, I think, smitten with it is a good way of putting it. Uh, And there's there's, uh, quite a nice little story going on, although I'm not going to play it and be a witch because apparently they are difficult at the end.
0: (laughs) Uh, Looking forward to it. It's coming out on the Switch. Uh, Dicey Dungeons is the name of the game. We'll also post a video because Leona has recorded a video for us as well. And uh, you'll be able to see that. We'll put that on our Twitter and uh, you can go and check it out there at some point over the next couple of days ago and remember to check out her youtube channel as well it's leona levels all one word and uh, you can go and see some of her other reviews of indie titles too now it's time for this week's quiz i have so many questions dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. so we are dun, dun, you dun, dun. know a weird situation again i'm trying to think of the scores but i think it's 5-4 to al Maybe. I have no idea. It's 5-4 to Al, because last week was a draw, and it was 4-3, so you both picked up a point. So the way we play, uh, I didn't explain it last week, so I'll briefly explain it. So we'll do two games where uh, I will give you a line of description for the game. You get one guess per round, and whoever gets the game right first gets that point. And then the third game is a title of a uh, video game from history, and you got to tell me what year it came out, because... I will try and go for slightly more obscure ones, which isn't easy when Anton's on the podcast and knows the history of every game in the world ever. So, (laughs) our very first game. This was a game developed primarily by SCE Japan Studios and published by Sony, and it was for the PlayStation in 1999. Uh, Yeah, 1999, there you go. Uh, Published by who, did you say? It was... Developed by SCE Japan Studios and published by Sony Computer Entertainment.
2: I'll go with Gran Turismo. No. I'm
1: going to go for Wipeout series of four numbers.
0: It's not. (laughs) Uh, Good guess, but not right. Uh, Now, the series uh, has humour in it, unique gameplay and a wide variety of pop culture references. It's notable for being the first game to make the DualShock or Dual Analog Controller mandatory.
2: Mm. Parappa the Rapper?
0: Neither of those. It did come out on the PlayStation, PlayStation 2, 3, 4, Portable and Vita. Um, There were also other versions of this game. It did go on to spawn further games and uh, side games to it as well. It was 1998. It was confirmed that a title would be developed under the name uh, and it would be specifically designed for the dual Shock controller and the first game to do so. The title was a success. It went platinum and it went into the greatest hits series and in the US and the best off in Japan. I don't think what
2: would have used DualShock back yeah. in the days.
1: So it was PS, PS1, 2, 3,
0: So the original release was on the PlayStation, but it subsequently had releases and subtitles and slightly different, you know, sequels for the PlayStation, PlayStation 2, 3, 4, Portable and Vita.
1: Was it medieval?
0: Nope. Uh, So uh, it was reviewed very positively and compared to games such as Super Mario 64. Uh, The second game in the series was released in 2001. It was the first title in the series to develop for the PS2. And the next year, another game came out in uh, Japan in, in the next year and in Europe and North America the year after that. The original was ported to the PSP
2: mm rush and clank no. nope <laughs>
1: everything you're saying makes such good medieval comparisons, but I know it's not that um <laughs> i
0: might go i might go to much easier uh
1: Crash Bandicoot?
0: No. Uh, okay, the series is a gameplay notable for its radical departure from the tried and true control method of many other games. So, as I mentioned, first one to use Dual Shock are mandatory. The left stick moves the character, right operates whatever gadget the player was in, has in his or her possession. Uh, using X to jump, both the R1 and R2 buttons are used, uh, while the shape buttons are used to cycle through the available items in the inventory. The main objective through the game is to use your available array of gadgets to locate and capture monkeys.
2: Monkeys, oh, ape dear Lord. well
0: done, Anton! It is ape escape. Uh, well done, we uh, got there well, in the end. Oh,
1: fantastic! See, I was well done, Anton,
2: because that was getting painful and I was getting quite embarrassed. I had no idea what it was. <laughs> to be fair, I've still no idea what it is because I don't think I've ever played an ape escape
0: game. Very Sony-oriented. Yeah,
1: one of those ones I was like, I should play that. That's a classic play. PlayStation game and I never got round to it sadly. Mm. Uh, yeah, have you ever played it, Mike?
0: Uh, I did. I have played uh, the first one, I think, and maybe the second one on the PlayStation 2. Yeah, decent games. Good fun. Uh, very much of the time as well. Uh, ne- <laughs> second game. Uh, this was an interactive drama and action adventure game in which the player controls four different characters from a third-person perspective.
2: That could be so many different things. I'm going to go with Gran
0: Turismo, uh, Grand Theft Auto 5 No Socom? No uh, Released on the 23rd of February 2010 On the Playstation 3 Also made it onto The Playstation 4 And was released On Microsoft Windows It's ex- it's described as An interactive drama Action adventure Single player
2: Hmm Bear Cops. Blue line
0: Nope
2: Interactive drama Controlling four people
0: I haven't got a clue. Developer was Quantum Dream. Heavy Rain. Well done, Anton. Ah, that was a
1: great game. Windows.
0: Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did make it to Windows. Um, one of my all-time favorite games. Absolutely love Heavy Rain. Uh, Story is is fantastic. Um. And uh, some great twists in it as well. So well worth uh, well worth playing. If you've never played that as one of your all-time games to play, I, su- I suggest it very much. Okay, well done. So Anton, you are going to make it 5-5 this week, but we have the last round. This is my favourite because I give you the name of a game and you have to tell me what year it came out. Now, I've gone with this one. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm slightly concerned that Anton will know this and probably has it because Anton is a collector of retro games. But... the title this week and I'm going to let Anton guess first because he's won the round. So it's Tech Romancer. Him? Oh. uh, (laughs) Stunned silence. (laughs) Uh,
1: Let's go with 2006. Alistair. Tech Romancer
0: 1998. Okay. Tech Romancer is a 3D fighting game by Capcom and it was originally released in the arcade, so the original date is what we're going to take, but it made it to the Dreamcast... And Alistair, you were exactly bang on. It was 1998. It was released in the arcades. And then uh, (laughs) it made it to the Dreamcast in 2000. Um, A random title because obviously TechRomancer doesn't, to me, sort of strike up the idea of being a fighting game. Uh, But it was. It was a proper arcade-style 3D fighter. uh, Fairly well-reviewed, generally. Kind of 7s and 8s out of 10. Um, The Dreamcast version, not quite as well-reviewed as the arcade version, but it did get a pretty favourable score. So, Tech Romancer. There we are. I'm very impressed with that, uh, Alistair.
2: Pure fluke, Mike. (laughs) No skill involved whatsoever.
0: (laughs) Well, it takes place in a far future of Earth where advanced technology has made things calm and decent for the citizens of Japan and the rest of the world. So they will beat each other up. Yes, but apart from the fighting. <laughs> Love it. So there we are, Techromancer. But uh, it does mean, unfortunately for you, Alistair, that Anton does win the round, which makes it 5-5 due to our weird scoring system where Alistair gets two points and Anton gets one for a win. It's now 5-5. <laughs> uh, um, we won't try and work out what it would have been, but, you know. bounced at last. <laughs> yes, yes, it would be slightly more than that. Uh So that is it. Um, Just to finish off, once again, thank you so much for listening. A reminder again, nsukp.co.uk, that's the place to get all the details about everything. If you'd like to support us more, then there's a few ways you can do that. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Please do. We're at 54 uh re- reviews fifty three of them five stars and one four star we've hey, also oh, got, you're so bitter about that've also got lots no no it's fine we've also got lots and lots of um uh written reviews as well, which is really nice so please if you have time and you you like the show, please do that that would be great and uh we've also got the website where it 's got all the details of being a patreon supporter anton you've updated all that as well
1: indeed yes yeah. so uh the website itself's got tons of features but again yeah the the patreon uh you know, it's got we've got a page there called Support Us. It has a, a list of all the little wee bonus shows we do, all the little wee reward tiers. Um, you know, we, me and Mike uh, have been keeping busy doing tons of little wee bonus shows: uh, the prequel, Last Call, uh, and Roundup. Uh, and you know, I, I think they're they're all getting into their stride right now. It's been a, a good six months now, so uh, there's especially if you go back to something like the prequel the full it's you know it's everlasting content it doesn't age so you can go back and explore a full back catalog
0: there of retro goodness yes absolutely excuse me absolutely and that's it for this week until we see you in a week's time stay safe and enjoy playing whatever of the million releases are happening in the next week or so on the switch i'm sure there will be lots of people buying some of those 2k collection games and Xenoblade, I think, is out on the 29th as well. The, the Xenoblade Chronicles is coming too. So that's exciting. And there are plenty others as well to check out. So until next week, we'll see you soon. Goodbye. Cheerio.
1: Orfa.